Hello, and thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene, where we exist to help people take their next step in a transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope that as you listen, you are both encouraged and challenged as you take that next step in your walk with Christ. Well, good morning. It is so good to be with you. This is a special day. This is a very, very... Do you know how you can know that this is an important special day? I'm wearing a suit. And I've got a tie on, you know. Hey, we only get dressed up like this when it's important special days. And today is the installation of our new pastor, Reverend Ben Hartford. Hey, let's hear that. Well, and, and I, am, I am really privileged to be able to be here and to do this installation service. Normally, our district superintendent in Northwest Ohio, uh, Dr. Jeff Kunselman, would be with us. And, and um, um, Jeff is he's trans, kind of moving to a different ministry role, and, and he'll be done at the end of March. And, and I had talked to Jeff. I was like, Jeff, when do you think you might do an installation service? Because Janet and I really want to be here. It's important to us. And we love Ben and Kristen. And we, and we just, we wanted to be here. And so we had talked about that. Then he called me back and he said, Dave, would you, would you be willing to come? And would you do that? You know, my kind of days are drawing, you know, to an end. Would you come and do this service? And, and like immediately, I'm like, yes. Okay. You don't have to ask me twice. It, it's a privilege to be able to do this. So I don't know if you're glad I'm here, but I'm glad I'm here. And, and again, this just means so much to me um, to be able to install Ben as, as our new pastor. We got a lot to do. There's, there's a ritual that we're going to do that installs Ben. We're going to look in God's word. Um, we've got some um, kind of symbolic gifts that represent the different roles of the pastor. We're going to give those to Ben. Uh, we're going to pray. We're going to take communion. And, and you're probably worried, like, when are we going to get out, you know? Hey, we're we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. We're going to take care of this. But it will be uh, an important and, and special day. So, Pastor Ben, come on up here. I want you to, to join me as we move through this ritual. You know, we, when you think about it, we mark important days. We mark special days with rituals and ceremonies. You think of graduations and weddings and anniversaries and and uh, I watched the service last Sunday and I and I saw man it just blessed my heart as as we had families lined up in front of the church and we had these baby dedications and and there was a ritual and we marked that you know those are important times so we do this this morning this this ritual um, it doesn't necessarily make Ben our pastor God called Ben to this church Amen. and and God does that but there's something about this this thing that we're going to go through, this ritual that kind of puts a stamp on it, that, that reminds us that Ben is our, our pastor. And uh, what, a, what a blessing this is. For 20 centuries now, in every generation, the church has set aside some of her members for special training and preparation, ordaining them to serve as clergy. She elects them to positions of responsibility, not privilege. They are to serve the needs of the church. These ministers give up their lives, so to speak, for their lives are not their own. They serve if and when and where and in the capacities that the church invites them to serve. They are the servants of God. Pastor Ben, will you accept the charge to be the spiritual leader of this congregation? If so, answer, I will. Congregation, will you, the members of this church, accept, support, and uphold Reverend Ben Hartford as your pastor. If so, answer, we will. We will. There was enthusiasm in that. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, we, we, um, we have some people representing different parts of our church. And uh, they're going to come and, and they have a, a, a symbolic gift that they're going to give to Ben. And, and uh, something they're going to read. And, and what all of this does is it, is it um, represents the different roles of a pastor. A pastor wears a lot of hats. They do a lot of different things um, within the church. And, and all of these represent the cooperation between the church and, and Pastor Ben. So for those of you who are helping, I'm going to call you up. And, and first we have Jeremy. And uh, Jerry, Jeremy Babcock is going to re represent the discipleship ministries of our church. Ben, accept this Bible and be among us a man of one book. As Mr. Wesley said, be in this place one who proclaims the word. 
Next, Cameron Carrier, uh, representing our church board, is going to come. Then receive this vessel of water, the water of baptism. Be among us an evangelist who brings many to the knowledge of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and to it, the affirmation of faith pronounced by the baptismal water. Sarah Desgrange is going to come representing the worship ministries of our church. Pastor Ben, receive this hymnal and continue to be among us a leading worshiper at the foot of the cross that we may worthily magnify the name of God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. The Helbergs are going to represent the young families of our, of our congregation. Receive this directory containing a list of all our families. We are all your people. Pray for us and be a priest and pastor among us that we might be acceptable to the Lord. Jeff Bolton is also going to represent our church board. Pastor, uh, receive this oil and be a healer and a reconciler among us and a model of spiritual leadership to those of us training for ministry. Darren and Jillian Yaki are going to represent the families of our church. Pastor Ben, accept this manual of the Church of the Nazarene and the duty of teaching and discipling this people, reminding us that we are not only Christians, but Nazarene Christians. Pastor Ben, this cup represents uh, the authority to administer Holy Communion to this congregation. May God's blessings be on you. Now Ben is uh, going to come and there's a, a covenant that Ben is going to read and, and share with us as a congregation. Good morning, church. Good morning. In response to the gracious call of God and in gratitude for the confidence you have expressed in me, I receive these symbols of pastoral leadership. I pledge to you a stewardship of these resources and covenant with you to make ours a living, effective church. A church in which sermon and sacrament are based strongly on the word and enlivened with the dynamic presence of the Holy Spirit. A church with the atmospheric expectation of conversions. A church where the tempted are environed with victory. A church where the redeemed are unable to see their larger need of Christ in cleansing fulfillment. A church where the particular consolations of God are given to the afflicted. A church where Christian men and women begin, even on earth, to be an authentic Christian community. A church that constantly bears towards the whole world with sacrifice in its heart and conquest in its purpose. I pledge to you a stewardship of my responsibilities as pastor to live before you with integrity and Christian simplicity to responsibly administer the affairs of the church in consultation and cooperation with the church board, the church staff, and the people of the congregation as we carry out the work of ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ of Ephesians 4. To lead you in worship as a worshiping leader, developing a careful regimen of prayer and study and reflection and preparation for the purposes of personal growth and ministry. To encourage you, to comfort you, instruct and challenge you by the preaching of the word and the administration of the sacraments 
to seek always and in all appropriate ways to expand the borders of the kingdom of God, cooperating with the district and general church of the Nazarene and fulfilling a worldwide agenda and to live my family role responsibly, giving each member the care and love due to him as a gift of God to me, to listen carefully to you, to care deeply for you, to work closely with you, pray daily for you, that we may grow up in all things into him who is the head. That's Christ. Again, Ephesians 4. To be a servant leader after the example of Christ. These things I pledge. Pastor Ben, having committed yourself to this work, I charge you to care alike for the young and the old, the strong and the weak, the rich and the poor, and by your words and by your life, proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And church, since you have willingly and prayerfully called Pastor Ben Hartford to work among you, I charge you to willingly and prayerfully support, cooperate, and work together with him in the name of Jesus Christ, whom you both serve. There's a covenant now that it is for all of us to read for the pastor and for us as a congregation. So I'm going to invite you to stand, if you will. And this is going to be up on the screens. And Pastor Ben is going to lead us as all of us together uh, go through this uh, congregational covenant. Go ahead and put the first one up there. We shall strive to, to cooperatively create and sustain an effective ministry that will renew and strengthen each member of its community of faith. We shall actively seek and welcome into membership all persons without regard to their economic and social status, race, or nationality. We shall accept our responsibility for moral and spiritual development in our community, living by Christian standards of good citizenship. We shall work together with other churches and denominations in our community for the advancement of Christ's kingdom whenever we have the opportunity to do so. We shall periodically evaluate our church's fellowship and ministry in light of our mission. If problems present barriers to the mutual effectiveness of pastor and congregation, we shall cooperatively pray, faithfully communicate, and work in love to find solutions in the spirit of Christian understanding. We shall work to ensure that our church appropriately relates itself to the mission, institutions, and doctrines of the Church of the Nazarene and the redemptive mission of Christ in our community, nation, and the world. Amen. Amen. By the power invested in me, by the Church of the Nazarene, I announce to you that having committed themselves to mutual covenants, Pastor Ben Hartford and the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene have entered into a new and solemn relationship that of pastor and people. Would you please greet your new pastor? Amen. Wonderful. You can be seated. Well, we're going to look in, into to God's Word. I've got some things I, I want to share with you this morning. And uh, I'm going to talk to you um, from, from the book of 1 Thessalonians. So um, if, if you've got your Bibles and you want to go there, or your, your phones, wherever that might be, um, find 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And um, kind of give you a little bit of a, of a background in, in Thessalonians um, Paul had gone to the, to the city of Thessalonica, and we're told in the book of Acts that, that he began to preach, and he began to, you know, share the message of Jesus. And Acts tells us specifically that there were three groups of people that, that got saved, and they formed a church. We're told that, that Jews got saved. And, and what he did is he said, hey, you, you know, you believe in God, and, and there's these prophecies that you've heard your whole life, and, and you've heard about the law, and you know all of these things. Well, guess what? Jesus is the answer. Jesus fulfills every one of these prophecies. Jesus is the answer here. And he went through and explained to that. Jesus, Jesus. And, 
And they believed and they put their faith and their trust in, in Jesus. And then it tells us that there were some God-fearing Greeks. And, and what that means is, you know, these are people and, and they, they were spiritual. They believed in a higher power. They believed in spiritual things. But, you know, they, they just believed in the God of everything. There was the God of the sun and the God of the, the rain and the God of this and the God of that. And, and so it wasn't that they had no beliefs. They, they believed in lots of spiritual things and lots of gods. And, and Paul explained to them how, how there's one God and his son, Jesus Christ, came to die for our sins. And, and those people put their faith in, in Jesus. And then the third group is really interesting. It tells us that prominent women made up this church. It says that prominent women put their faith in Jesus. And, and you know, what does prominent women mean? You, you know, is it the mayor's wife? Is it the, you know, what is the prominent women? But it singles them out. And this formed a church, these people. And, and Paul, you know, for a few weeks, um, he, he's teaching and he's helping. And, and Acts tells us he's only with these people for three weeks. Three weeks and that's it. Because a group of people in that community rose up and, and they were not excited about this evangelism. They weren't excited about Jesus and any of these things. And their idea was, you know, we, we think that this is a threat. And when you want to stop something, you just cut it off at the head. So their idea is, we're going to get rid of Paul. And that meant we're going to kill him. We're going to put him in jail. But he is done. He is done. And, and the people in the church, they knew that this was serious. So they told Paul, you, you've got to go. You can't stay. We can't protect you. To save your life, you've got to go. So Paul moved on and went to another place. So he pastored this, this brand new church and these people three weeks and that's it. Um, I think most of us would like to have a pastor for more than three weeks, wouldn't you say? Ben, we want you to be here more than three weeks. Three weeks was all Paul was there. And, and I'm sure, Ben, knowing you, you've got this list of things you want to do as, as the new pastor. There's things you want to preach. There's things you want to talk about. There's things you want to start. You've got this, all these things that you want to accomplish. And I'm sure Paul was the same way. And he wasn't able to do any of it. Any of it. Because he had to save his life and he had to go. So the book of 1 Thessalonians, the reason I tell you all this is Thessalonians, the book, the first, first Thessalonians, I kind of call it... Um, finishing unfinished business. You know, these are the things that Paul was like, this is all the stuff I wanted to get to. Um, there's theology in here and leadership and strength. There's so many things that he talks about. And it's, and it's almost like you say, if I could have hung around, if I could have been there, these are all the things we would have got to. But I didn't get to them. So let me write this to you. Well, at the end, in chapter 5, starting at verse 12, there's all of these like rapid fire commands and it's just like boom 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 there's i don't know 18 20 just commands and and you know if i read them real fast it just feel overwhelming because it's like you're just getting bombarded with all this stuff but they're not random there's there's an order here there's actually an outline and the first thing paul talks about and this is why i want to be in this section it talks about the relationship between a pastor and a congregation it's, it's like this is how things should function between the leader of a church, the leader of a congregation, and the people. Now, the next part is he deals with really how you all need to get along, okay? It's not about the It's about you all. And so it's like, hey, everybody, you need to, this is how you need to treat each other. This is what you need to do. This is how you get along. This is, this is Christian. And then there's a third part. And, it, and it's just some of, you know, what, what is our, um, what's the culture of a church? What are the kind of things that a healthy church just does together? Well, good news, I'm, I'm not going to go through all 20 of these points. And everybody says, amen. Thank you, Dave. But we're going to start with the first couple verses. And then specifically, there's some things that, that you need to hear as the pastor. And, and these aren't Dave's instructions. This is from the word of God. This is from Paul of pastor, here's what you need to do as a pastor. And then, and then I want to talk to all of you because there's instructions from God's word about how you should treat your pastor. And I really believe this is foundational because, you know, if, if we get this right, we're going to be okay. But almost every time I've, I've seen churches go sideways or get off track, Almost every single time you could come back to just these couple of verses 
and, and it's like, let's revisit this. Let's figure this out. Let's get back on track here. And we can solve the church problems that this someone might have. So here we go. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting at verse 12. Now we ask you, brothers, to respect those who work hard among you, who are over you in the Lord, who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. That's it, friends. There we go. That, that's how to have a great relationship between a pastor and a congregation. So Ben, let, let me talk to you for a few minutes. There's, there's a couple of things that Paul says. It starts in verse 12. Now we ask you brothers, and, and um, we're going to include sisters. So ladies, you don't get off here, all right? Now we ask you brothers and sisters to respect those. Ben, here's the first instruction it gives you. Who work hard among you. Who work hard among you. The first thing Paul tells, tells us, Ben, is pastors are to work hard. Now, I, I know you, and, and I know you're a hard worker. I mean, you're a hard worker. And, and that's important because, well, I don't know if you've heard this. I, I think, Ben, as pastors, we've probably heard this before. In fact, if, I've had a, if I had a dollar for every time I've heard this joke, because when I meet someone and they're like, oh, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, well, I'm a pastor. And they're like, oh, you're a pastor. You have the greatest job in the world because you're a pastor and you only have to work yeah, one day a week. Some of you have heard that. And it's like, oh, ha, 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 yeah, that's really funny. Uh, um, you know, my, my reply is usually, well, you know, I pastor a Nazarene church and we have stuff on Wednesdays. So I actually work twice as hard as you think I do. Yeah, you've heard that one, huh, Ben? Yeah. Pastors are to work hard. Um, you know, I remember one time, I don't know who it was, it was probably one of you, but somebody invited me to talk to their caravan class. You know, on Wednesdays we had, had caravan for the kids, and they said, Pastor, would you come to our caravan class and, and, and talk to the kids about what you do as a pastor? I'm like, yeah, sure. And so, you know, you tell the kids, it, it's like, well, I, I, you know, obviously I'm the pa I stand up front and, and preach. And, and believe it or not, you just don't get up there and start talking. It may seem like that, but you don't. You, you study, you know, and you get into God's word and you do other things. And, you know, you plan, you figure that out. And, and you pray with people, you know. You, you visit people and you go to the nursing homes or hospital and you pray with people. And I'm going through this list and... And then, and then, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to tell them some of the unexciting things. I'm not going to say, yeah, you know what I really love? It's, it's like on Saturday nights when up was, upwards over and, and you, you put chairs back up and that's real spiritual. And, you know, you run the sweeper and, 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 and help clean nacho cheese off the, <laughs> off the counters. And, and, and sometimes, like right before church, someone will tell you, oh, we got a toilet that's backed up. Would you help us out? And, and there's all of this stuff, and, you know, it's work, but, but you know, it's not the exciting work. But Ben, in the work of a pastor, there, there's really nothing that's underneath us. There's nothing where it's like, oh, I'm the pastor. I don't, we, we do it, we help and we serve. But probably the hardest work that you do as a pastor, it's not the physical stuff. It's not the things that, you know, fatigue your body. It's, it's the burdens that you carry. And, and when people are, are making difficult decisions or going through health concerns or, you know, things with their kids are not what they had hoped and, and it's breaking their heart and, and they have worries and stresses and anxieties and they share that with you and the pastor. And you know what you do? You carry those with the people. And it's hard. You wake up in the morning thinking about those things and you go to sleep thinking about those things and you care and you're concerned and it's heavy. It's heavy that all of these people are part of the flock that you're the shepherd of. And the hard work, the hardest work, again, is, is, is walking along with them and, and sharing in those burdens. The Bible tells us we mourn with those who mourn and we, and we rejoice with those who rejoice. But Ben, here's the great news of this. You're to work hard and you're to carry those burdens. But the wonderful news is, is it isn't God's finger just pointing, saying, work hard, do this. God says, I give you my Holy Spirit. 
Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Man, you can never mourn so hard that it just... Because God will comfort you. And his spirit walks beside you. And we don't always understand, but it says, you know, when, when, when we are weak and when we are empty, he is strong. And he's going to fill us. And you're going to be okay. And you can give your everything to this congregation and to the service of the Lord. You can do that. And you don't have to worry because God will empower you. And he'll take care of you. And he'll be beside you every step of the way. The Bible tells us, the pastor, the first thing you do, work hard. Work hard. The second thing it tells the pastor is this. It says that, that you are to be over this congregation in the Lord. So Ben is the pastor. You know what that means? Biblically it says he is over us. He's the leader. But he's over us in the Lord. Which means he's also the servant. And, and there's really kind of a unique thing. Because pastor, while the pastor is the leader of the congregation. Biblically that's, that's what God wants. But he's not a dictator. He's not the person that just, you know, I'm in charge here and I'm this and this is the way. The, he's the leader, but, he's, but again, it's a servant leader, which is really unique because a lot of times the boss is the boss. But in a church, the pastor is this servant leader. The, the greatest example of that we know is Jesus. What, what this is saying is, is lead like Jesus. And you remember this passage. There was this, this time where Jesus and his disciples, they were together. And uh, they were going to eat. I know you know this story. And, and it was just them. Jesus and the 12 apostles. And, and there's this custom that their feet would be washed before they ate. And, and here's how things worked. There was a pecking order. And who would wash the feet would be a child. So if there was a kid... You know, guess what? You got to wash all the adults' feet. Fun to be a kid, isn't it? And uh, you're at the bottom of the pecking order. And so the kids would have to take the, the bowl and the water and, the, and, and wash. Now, if there weren't any children to do that, well, you'd take a step up the ladder. And guess who was going to wash the feet? The women. They're like, oh, yeah, I can wash feet. But if there were no women, and in this case there weren't any women... What you did is, is, again, it was like there's a pecking order, and it would be whatever male is at the bottom of the pecking order. And I, and I think about that, and I'm like, you know, probably Peter's like, not me, not me. James and John, not going to be me. Nope, we're safe. And then, but you know, there's some of the disciples we never hear about. I wonder if like Bartholomew's like, ooh, this might, you know, I don't know where I'm at at this. I don't know if I'm 10 or 11 or... And, and, but here's one thing we know in this story. We know who's at the top. There was no debate about who's at the top, and that's Jesus. No discussion. And in the story, you, you know, Jesus took the bowl, and he took the towel, and he began to wash the disciples' feet. And Peter was like, no, Jesus, no, 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 no. You're not going to wash mine. And Jesus is like, I, I have to do this. If I, you know, we can't have anything to do with each other. I'm your leader, but I'm your servant. And the Bible talks about, and, and, and it's really hard to grasp. It's like, Ben, if you want to be the greatest, you've got to be the least. If you want to have the most, you, you have to have the least. If you want to lead, you have to serve. And that's exactly what it's saying here. You are over this congregation in the Lord. And, and I want you to lead this congregation in a strong way. But probably the strongest way you can lead this congregation is to be the best servant this church has ever had. Work hard. Be over them in the Lord. And then it says admonish admonish this congregation now isn't that an interesting word and and i gotta tell you i mean admonish of all the years of preaching 
You know, I'd come in and, and people would say, oh, Dave, Pastor Dave, I'm looking forward to, you know, I, teach us today. You know, teach us and, and inspire us and everything. But I never had anybody, like, in the morning say, hey, Dave, I'm really looking forward to you admonishing us. That's what I want today. Just admonish, 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 you know. Let us, nobody ever said that. None of you. Ever. But that's the word the scripture gives us. And I think admonish is, is it's like there, there is a way of, a road of, of holiness and righteousness. And pastor, don't, don't let us get to the right. Don't let us get to the left. Don't, don't get sidetracked by, by stuff of culture. Don't get off. You know what we need to be about? We need to be about Jesus. That's what we need to, to be about. And that's admonishing is, is keeping us because it's real easy to, boy, take these tangents or these detours or whatever. And it's the pastor's job to keep us back on a path of righteousness and holiness and Jesus. That's admonishing. And that's keeping us here. And, and, and I got to tell you, I mean, Ben, what I want you to do, pre preach Jesus. Preach Jesus over and over and over. And, and hopefully someone here will get upset. And you know what? Call me. I'd like to hear from you. You'd be like, you know what? I'm just getting tired of hearing Jesus so much. It's getting on my nerves. Can he preach about? That would be an okay complaint, you know, to call me about. I'll take up for you. Admonish the congregation. Keep them in the path of, of righteousness and holiness. So the three things it says, work hard, be over this congregation in love, in the Lord, and admonish. So that, everyone, you know, hear that. That's Ben's job description from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. So that's what we want to hold him to. And all of you are like, yeah, give it to him. Well, now it's your turn. All right? Do you want to hear what, what scripture says you as a congregation need to do for your pastor? And again, this isn't Dave. This is scripture. Here's what the Bible says as a congregation we need to do for our pastor. The first thing is it starts out there in verse 12. Now we ask you, brothers, respect. First thing Paul's saying that we need to do for our pastor is respect your pastor. Now, I, I do installation services frequently for pastors, you know, the district where I serve. And oftentimes I think about this because I'm like, you know, th this is a new pastor. And it's, and it's like telling people who really don't know this new pastor to respect. And we, we know that respect is, is earned. And there, there's a part of just, you know, living and doing life with people. And I think, I think everybody respects Ben. Because we know Ben. We love Ben. We, we, we've watched him for years, and we know his heart, and we know who he is. But there's a really important thing you need to understand this when it comes to respect. Is, is, you know, Ben is our pastor. He's not our employee. He's our pastor. We did not hire Ben to be our pastor. Ben was called by the Holy Spirit to be here our, our pa we don't hire a pastor like we we hire someone to plow the the parking lot or mow the grass or we don't we don't do that ben is our pastor again called by the holy spirit and that was confirmed by 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 the spirit of god and ben and Kristen's heart and and by all of you and we respect that now let me give you this is me this is not scripture but let me just tell you a couple of things of, of ways I believe that you can live out this respect for Pastor Ben. First thing I, I tell you is, is um, if, well, let me say it this way. Talk to your pastor. Don't talk about your pastor. You know what I mean? So if there's something that's going on in the church and you're like, you know what? This doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand. Why is it this way? Let me tell you the best thing you can do. It's like, Ben? I don't understand why this goes on at the church. I don't understand. Can you explain this to me? Talk to your pastor. If you have questions or you're confused or there's something you just don't, whatever, ask Ben. We all know Ben. I'm going to promise you, 
if you've got a question or there's something you don't get and you go and talk to Ben, Ben's not going to scream at you and throw something at you, okay? That's just not him. That's not his personality. You know what Ben's going to do? He's going to help you understand some of the decisions, the vision of the church and what we're doing. Talk to your pastor. Don't get on the phone and talk to other people and blah, 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 blah. Don't, Don't do that. Don't get on social media. And, and, and talk about your past. Don't do that. It is not respectful. What is respectful, if there's things, again, that we don't get, you have a conversation with, with your pastor. It, he'll help you understand those things and, and talk to you. We all know this as pastor. We'll get things right. We get things wrong. And that's why we need to have conversations. And respect is talking to people, not about them. Here's another way you can show respect to your pastor. Pray for your pastor. I mean, pray for your pastor. Ben and Kristen and their family, they they need your prayers. You know, I tell this story often and I get emotional every time I tell this. But when Janet and I moved here to this community, and we just had a little building, you know, that was next door here. And every Sunday morning, I I would show up. I'm a young pastor. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm winging it, you know? And I'd show up early on Sunday mornings. I'd show up really early. But I could never show up as early as Jim Brown. And Jim would be here at the church. And I'd walk in. And, and, and again, I'm pointing in that direction. There were these two, you know, glass doors. And I'd open up the door and I'd, tr- I'd try to do it as, as quietly as I could because I'd get in the foyer. And the reason is because Jim would be in the sanctuary. And he'd be down at the, the altar in the front and Jim would be praying. And he would, he would, he would, he'd hit the altar. I don't know what this sounds like, but, you know, he'd hit the altar and, and he'd be praying. And he's like, oh God, I pray for my pastor I pray for Pastor Dave. Help him preach good this morning. Oh, help him to, to, to preach your word when somebody gets saved. And, and he'd pray for Janet. And he'd pray for our kids. And, and I mean, he'd just pray. And I'd, I'd walk in there. I'd just stand in the foyer. And I would, I would just let his prayers just wash over me. I mean, it was like, it, it was, it was like being freezing cold. And Jim's prayers were like this warm air. It was like being close to the fire. You know, when you're freezing, it would just warm my soul. And I'd listen to him pray. Then I'd make a little bit of noise. You know, I'd kind of open the foyer doors and Jim, if Jim was, was a big guy and he'd get up, he'd hear me and he'd come over and he'd hug me. Oh, Pastor Dave, man, I'm so excited. It's Sunday. I'm so glad to be in church. We're going to have a great service. Hey, do you know you're going to preach a great sermon today, Pastor Dave? And I'd say, well, I don't know, Jim. You are. I know it. You know how I know it? I don't know, Jim. I prayed for you. Nobody gets prayed for as much as I pray for you and preach is bad. It just don't happen. We go through this every week, every week. Do you know how much that meant to me? Do you know how much that helped me as a pastor? I mean, there was things that you could just count on. And one was that Jim Brown prayed for me nonstop. Pray for your pastor. I mean, don't, don't do it like it's like, oh, Ben, I'm praying for you, and we don't do it. I mean, pray for your, imagine, imagine this congregation, everybody here, everybody in the next service. Can you imagine what it would mean to Pastor Ben, all of those prayers inspiring and protecting and anointing our pastor? Can you think about the power of that? Pray for your pastor. Well, Scripture says, okay, I gotta, I like to talk about Jim, but I need to move on. Respect your pastor. And then it says this it says, hold them in the highest regard and love because of their work. Now, that's a lot like respect. But, congregation, we are to hold Pastor Ben in the highest regard in love because of his work. And, like I said, that's a lot like respect. Ben, but but just remember, I I think a big part of this, and I've already talked about it, but Ben is our pastor. 
And Ben's job is not to entertain you. It's not to get up here and, and, and give you a sermon that would be like, so hopefully you can go, oh, I really like that, Ben. That's, that's not what it's about. This is, this is not like American Idol church style. It's not where, you know, up here. In fact, if, if you understand, I, I, there was a philosopher and he talked about church and kind of how things should be. And, and in a play, he described what happens in church and worship to like a play or a drama. And in a drama or a play, you have the actors, you have the director, and you have an audience. Director, actors, director, audience. And in church, there's, there's the congregation, there's the pastor and worship leaders, and there's God. And you, you know, draw a line and connect who, who is what. And a lot of times, we, 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 it just doesn't make sense to us. Because do you, know who the, do you know who the actors are? Like when you look at the church, I mean, you got the congregation, the, the pastor and worship leaders, God. Do you know who the actors are? You. You're not the audience. Because everything that's happening here is to help you share your praise and worship to God. You see, God is the audience. God is on the throne and everything we're doing here today is, is to share our praise and our worship with him. And the greatest way that you can like, show that to God is obedience to the word of God. It's to participate. And, and mostly it's to walk again, to walk in the obedience to the Lord. You are the actors. You're the participants. The pastor and worship leaders, we're the directors. We're trying to guide you in your worship to the Lord. So the reason I'm saying that is because, again, it's not Ben's job up here to, to give you something good, to, to entertain you, to, to whatever. It's to, it's to guide you to worship and obey the Lord. So, again, understand his, his role in, in what he's doing as, as our pastor. And hold that in the highest regard. And the way that, again, I, I know I'm repeating myself here, but the way that you can hold that in the highest regard is obedience to the word of God. So the instructions here, Ben, work hard, be over the congregation in the Lord, and admonish them. And to all of us, respect your pastor, hold him in the highest regard in love. And then the last thing it says there is... Live in peace with each other. Now, here's what I think of that. If we have a pastor who's doing those three things, working hard over us in the, in the Lord and admonishing, and if we respect our pastor and hold him in the high, how can we not live in peace? That's just natural, right? I mean, we, we don't have to worry about the peace because, man, that just flows out of obedience to the word of God in a, in a healthy church. These are the instructions. Again, this is, this is not Dave. This is, this is the Apostle Paul giving us instructions for our leader. And Ben, I, I am, again, I mean, my heart is so full that you're the pastor of this church. And, and you are going to be, you're going to be a great pastor and a great leader. And the vision you have for this church and for this community is incredible. And when we join together and cooperate that, we're going to make great things happen in this community for Jesus Christ. And I believe that with, with all my heart. Would you bow your heads and, and let's pray. And then, and then we're going to take communion together. Lord, again, we thank you for your word and its instructions. You're good to us, God. And we want to walk in obedience. We want to walk in holiness. We want to walk in righteousness. And we pray for your blessing on Pastor Ben and Kristen and their family, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to take communion together. One of the ways that, that, that we can express this unity that a pastor and a congregation has is the sacrament of communion. And as you came in, I, I hope you got um, one of the cups. And uh, Ben, would you lead us in the bread? And Jesus coming around the table took the bread and he broke it.
He says, this is my body broken for you. He calls us to take it and eat it, and in so doing it in remembrance of him, what he was going to do for us on the cross with his body broken for us. I invite you to take this and eat it. If you would uh, peel the top off the cup for the juice. Jesus passed the cup and and the juice represents the blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. And Jesus gave his life so that we could be forgiven. Take and drink this in remembrance of what Jesus has done for us. Lord, again, we thank you for your sacrifice and what you have done for us. Thank you for the presence that we feel in this, in this service. Thank you for the difference that you've made in our lives. And we give you all the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me as, as, um, as we worship together?
going to end this morning. Can we have the lights come back up? And Pastor Ben and Kristen, would you come over? And, and um, here's what I want us to do. We're going to come up into the middle of the sanctuary. Janet, would you come with me too? And um, we're going to pray for Ben and Kristen. And, and I want us to be in the, in the middle of all this. I want us to be right here. I don't want us to be in the front. I want us to be in the center of, of this congregation. And we want to surround you with our, our prayers and our love and, um, and we just want, we talked about prayer. You know, we've talked about all these things. And I just think it's kind of symbolic that we're in the middle of all of these people who love you, Ben and Kristen, and, and who are excited about, about your ministry and your leadership at, at this church. So um, um, would you do this? Just, just kind of lift your hands up and, and, and in a way of just, you know, sending your prayers and, and your love and anointing for Ben and Kristen. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we thank you so much for Ben and Kristen. We have known them for a long time. We love them so much. They mean so much to us. We feel like they're part of our family. And I pray, and I, and I just, I, my heart is just overflowing that, that you have brought Ben as the pastor of our church. And would you, and would you inspire him as our, as our leader? Give him vision and give him direction. Lord, be the strength that he needs whenever he, he feels like he might be lacking something. But God, you step in and you are that for us. And Lord, for their home, we pray, we pray joy and we pray goodness. And we pray that you would fill their homes with contentment and love and peace and joy and all of that. God, would your hand be on Kristen and their children. We love you, God. We're excited about the days for our church, what is happening now and, and where you're going to take us and all the things that are to come. We want to build your kingdom. We love Ben and Kristen, and we thank you so much that they're our pastor. We pray this in the name of Jesus, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you. Thank you for being part of this special service. We hope you'll get a chance to, to greet Ben and Kristen. Hey, why don't you, if you would, maybe go back by the doors as people leave, and you can just love them and greet them. Thanks for being here this Sunday. God bless you. You're dismissed. Thanks for listening to this week's message from the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 or 10.30 a.m. for weekly worship and community with other believers. For more information about upcoming events or ways you can connect, find us on Facebook or visit us at napnaz.org. Have a great week.